Coach Romo, we got you on our Diamond Talk show once again here for In the Zone. Your boys have already started their year. Yes, they have. We're looking at what do you guys got in the books now? Seven games already? We have uh, seven games in the books. And, and also, by the way, it's great to be back. Very, very excited to be back on the show. Um, okay. Yeah, we have we seven games in the books so far and a four and three record on the docket. Uh, I love to hear that. And coach, we would love to have you anytime. Don't even worry about that. <laughs> Don't even worry about that. So I did want to talk a little bit today about what's been going on, what seems to be clicking. What are we working on on the field so far with the boys? I saw it, it looks like a, a two-game winner. Was that yesterday or the day before against Coast Guard? Yeah, that was on Monday. And uh, a lot's working, honestly, Sal. I think the biggest thing um, with the team that is learning how to win is you have to almost hit every negative stop along the way. So we hit the good. Um, we won a doubleheader sweep on the first weekend of the year against Norwich. We had a one nothing win, which is always a fun one to try and win. Um, and then we had a 17 to four victory, which is always also always a fun one. The to other win. side of the spectrum. Yep. It, it, it's very unrealistic. And then you play two teams from the end, Jack and Rutgers, Newark and, and NJCU. And, and they kind of, you know, uh, showed you, uh, what teams that know how to win can do. And, and you come up on the losing end for the first time all year. And you kind of have to look at yourself and say, okay, who are we? What are we made of? We also lost 17 to three to somebody. So we got, it happened to us. Um, right, right. So then we went down to Myrtle beach for five days. Uh, we played Delaware Valley and coast guard and Delaware Valley beat us nine, three, but it was not a nine, three, um, loss that you look at and say, man, we were terrible that day. It was really more or less like three or four mistakes lost us the game. So we went to the practice next day game. at Myrtle. Right. And, and then we went to the practice next day at Myrtle beach. And we essentially said, we are primarily working on situations that win and lose baseball games. So we spent almost an hour on, you know, man on second base up by two runs, um, in the top of the seventh inning, one out. And you got to work work your way through the ninth inning and, and win that situation and get through that situation. Okay. Um, and, you know, I know it's only a practice scenario, but we practice hard and we stress um, practicing like it's a game scenario. And I really do truly feel like the next day against Coast Guard, um, everything we put into play on the practice field came into fruition and we were on the winning side of those things. So we were able to learn a lot so far in the first week and a half, the good, the bad, the ugly, the indifferent. Um, and now in seven games, I feel like we've hit every bit of adversity that you could even think of. And so we'll see where the learning goes from there. Right. And now you're going to start getting into stuff like and hopefully no injuries yet. Hopefully nothing that sidelined anybody for the year. Nothing insanely serious so far. Not okay. Yeah, because so that, that's. Uh, to me, that's the college season. That's where it picks up when you start to hit it, get into the player's stamina. hundred percent. And it's like, who can last, right? Because right. like everyone's excited. We used to talk last year at FDU all the time about day one energy every day. And it's like, everyone's excited on the first day of the year. It's so easy to be excited the first Absolutely. game of the year, but how you feel in 10 or 12 days in when your body's never a hundred percent again, because it's, it's right. as an athlete, your body was a hundred percent one time. And that was the day you started playing after that, it's never 100% again. So it's how you handle those situations that 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 say, what's your longevity as a team? How long can you keep this thing going? How good can you be? And so I talk to our guys all the time. Like, you got to take care of your body. Like, you know, I think it was you or maybe Andrew that made a joke to me. Like, every time I look at the camera, someone's always stretching. And I'm like, yeah, because it, 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 it just matters to us. Or at least, you know what? It matters to me. So therefore, now it matters to them. Now it matters to them. But to me, then it has to it has to help us 
in the long run. If we take care of our bodies, we can be a team that if we continue to learn from these lessons over time, well, now we're a team that can win that's healthy. And I think that's one of the toughest teams to beat. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I was saying with the college season, it really picks up pretty quick and the pace is strong through the playoffs, really. So if you don't have a healthy squad going in, you got a lot of question marks. And I think that that's going to be a huge, a huge factor if you can keep these boys healthy. 100%. So, and, it, and it's been a fun start to the year. So we'll see, man. I mean, there's just, there's so much that happens, even though it's a shortened two and a half, three month season, 40 games, like it's not 162. I get it, but there's still so much that happens and there, and you're just yeah. such a different team the first week than you are the last week. And so I'm trying to keep, you know, something my dad says all the time is don't let your highs get too high. Don't let your lows get too low. So, you know, one of our guys said, you know, we got to keep a steady heartbeat. And I'm like, that's a great point. Like we got to have a steady heartbeat as a team a hundred percent of the time. Cause you know, we aren't going to be the same in three weeks that we were to start the year, but hopefully that steady heartbeat's the same. So therefore, as we get better from the winning side of things and the execution side of things, we keep that heartbeat steady. There's no such thing as pressure situations. It's really just what you've practiced and therefore you can succeed at a high level. Absolutely, coach. I couldn't agree more. So before we shift over a little bit, I just wanted to ask, um, we got seven games in the book so far. Who's been turning some heads? Seven games in the book. So uh, the first one off the top of my head is Chris Gass, uh, our starting shortstop. Um, definitely Didn't went through his a own huge hit the other day, coach. He did 100th hit um, and then went off um, and is leading our team in hitting. We had a spark from a kid named Dom Salat the other day. Um, who just we put him in the starting lineup to spark us, and he did spark us. Um, and you know, just regular contributors. Uh, Anthony Vasallo, our starting second baseman, has been electric, um, just really consistent for us all year. Um, Paul Links, our center fielder, who is one of the better players in program history, to be honest with you, man. But you know, actually played with him, <laughs> was oh, awesome, and it was, was struggling, uh, to start the year and came through in a clutch way with a, a walk-off winner and, and extras. And honestly, I could go on. I mean, like there's at least, you know, Louis Vassallo on the mound, Anthony Frazier, Adam Yarison, uh, and Matt Orline had such a huge start for us the other day off a three-game losing streak. And your fifth-year senior left-handed starter just comes out and says, you know what? I got five innings for you. You're good. We'll keep yeah. you We'll keep you in this baseball game, and then you can go and win it. So, um, you know, I can, the list goes on, but that's been the cool part about it is we've had a lot of guys contribute. It's come from a lot of different areas when we've had the four wins. And I hope they see that because if they see that, they understand that everyone matters. And you never know when the biggest moment's going to happen for you. But if you're always prepared mentally, you're, you're going to hopefully succeed in a high way in that opportunity. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that you guys are, are primed to head into, uh, you know, this middle portion of the year here. And this is where you're kind of going to determine your path. So 100 percent. Like, you know what it is, man? You're going to win 10 games and you're probably going to lose 10 games every exactly. year. So what's what you, what you, it's what you do with the other 20. So when you look at four and three, you're like, all right, well, there's four of our 10 and there's three of our 10. Exactly. So, you know, we still got 20 that we really ultimately want to make the best games we play all year, which are the, probably the difference maker games in our season when it comes down the stretch and conference play. 100%. So uh, that's, that's the perspective, Sal, I'm trying to keep on the year right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great, great headspace. So I wanted to pull away from centenary baseball and let you kind of just spout off a little bit. You've been paying attention to baseball outside or have you been too swallowed up in your own stuff? I mean, we're definitely super swallowed up, but I pay attention to baseball at all 
levels and times because I know my players care about it. So I definitely want to stay relatable. So I am in the know to a degree, I believe on major league baseball and the such. Okay. So I wanted a, I wanted a perspective from a higher level coach on how you felt about the pitch clock. I love it. (laughs) I love it. I, so we have a rule in our program, Sal, you have to throw the baseball in 12 seconds or less. So you catch the ball back from the catcher, your clock starts. You got to be on the rubber. The catcher and the pitching coach have to be in a great rhythm. They got to get the sign, give the sign, come set. Now, listen, you come set at the eight second mark and you hold to the 13 second mark because you want to keep a hitter or a uh, a runner off balance. I'm cool with that. I understand that. Right, but right. for the most part in our program, we work on 12 seconds or less in our bullpens, 12 seconds or less in our dry drills, 12 seconds or less when we're on the hill in the game. And so for me, I love the pitch clock because I like that type of baseball. To me, one, it's a great brand to play. I think it brings the best out in players because an issue with baseball is overthinking. So the less thinking that's involved, sometimes the better you get out of everybody. But then secondly, everybody loves action. Everybody loves things going on. So if I can eliminate six seconds in between every single, let's just call it inning. If you take six seconds off of every inning over the course of a game, you just save people a minute and a half. And over the course of a lifetime, I think you can think about a lot of a minute and a half you'd like to get back. So if you really, if you think about it and it's a grander scale than that, we're talking way more time that they're going to get back for the game. And I think think people don't like to hear people, baseball pure is this baseball. Sal, I don't care. Like whatever makes the game entertaining to me is fun. And and, and it's also easy for me because I coach that brand of baseball. So it's easily watchable as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the the biggest pushback that anybody is seeing really is on those controversial ones, like the end of the game type of stuff. Um, everybody else, like I, the pace of the game just looks so much more watchable, especially yeah. from someone who, you know, I'm a baseball guy. I'll watch baseball all day. Right. But if you're talking about someone who maybe not as engaged in the sport, I would want to watch this product more. Even yeah. If it's spring training. That's a great point. And honestly, man, if you think about it, the only thing that is a little dicey to me is the hitter one. Yes. With the hitter eye. I don't know how you feel about that, but like for me, I just think hitting is so hard. It's like Agreed. you want the pitcher to go in 20 seconds, let them go. And if the hitter's not ready, it's on them. But for the umpire to have to assume uh, an opinion on whether a guy's ready or not based on their eye visual or what their head positioning is, I, I just feel like. That's a little unfair when you're trying to hit 96 and then 82 when it slides or drops or whatever. So, you know, I don't know how you feel about that, but I was a hitter as well. Actually, I pitched and hit in college, which was funny, but I would look at this more from a perspective only because of this. This rule was created for the pitchers. It wasn't created for the hitters, right? The hitters are the ones a lot of times getting penalized we're seeing in these early games. Why, and this is my opinion, why sh- Why doesn't the hitter get two timeouts when the pitcher gets two pickoffs? If that's your limiting thing, how come the batter can only call timeout once? That's a great point. Or, or, or furthermore, how come the batter doesn't always get granted time when they ask for time? Right. So you're right. Well, th- it, there should be a consistency between the two. If the pitcher is allowed to step off, and do whatever they want to do twice, twice. then the batter should at least be allowed at least one 
automatic grant timeout. Right. As long as it's like if the pitcher, maybe it's like if the pitcher starts their motion, you can't call it fine deal. That one can be up to the discretion of the umpire. But if that guy's standing there getting a sign for 12 seconds and then he starts to come set and you call time, you should be granted that time 100 out of 100 times. Yeah, like, I just know in my mind, there's no doubt about it. And you're right, because think about how many times you hear the hitter going time, time, and they don't get it. And now they're caught in this. What do I do moment? And it's like. In theory, it's kind of unfair because if the pitcher wants to just step off and the hitter's in a zone, there's nothing the hitter can do. They just have to deal with it and move on, whereas they don't have the opposite going for them. Yeah, there's nothing really – there's no luxuries afforded to the hitter. Sure. Yeah, Yeah, it's interesting, man. And you know what, though? I like it, though, because it gets conversation around the game. And the game needs to keep growing. People need to keep liking the game. Not enough people are engaged in the game. It is boring at lower levels. Like I watch my nephew, he goes through and you probably see it all the time at ITZ, how easily boring it gets for the kids. Mm -hmm. Like, and it stinks because you're trying so hard to keep them engaged, but it's like, there's only one baseball to go to this one person. You know, it's not like basketball where even though you don't have the ball, everyone's still working. I could be on defense and baseball and never get the ball in a given game. And like, that's difficult for a little kid. So I think there needs to be more ways shaped or, or, or talked about in how do you grow the game at the lower level? How do you make it more fun? Yeah. You know, so that's a whole, probably another conversation, but I just think about that all the time. We're worried so much about the major league game, but how about the, what grabs the major leaguer at seven years old to fall in love with the game of baseball? Right. And I think that that's been a huge a huge lacking aspect of our conversation. I agree with you and kind of it bleeds into the other point I kind of wanted to talk to, but now I want to talk about it a little differently because so much emphasis has been put on this world baseball classic as this is what spreads the game. This is what makes people fall in love with the game. And I don't know if you need this, this grand style type of thing to get love for the game. Cause you look at places like, uh, for example, Cuba, Puerto Rico, Places like this that churn out ball players, those kids play ball from probably almost before they could walk. Right. It's the first thing they know how to do. Yeah. So I don't know if this grand style of thing is what's needed. However, I, I like the idea of it. Um, it's just the the way that it seems to be kind of forced on all of the viewers of baseball is I, I kind of agree. I, I think that we should be developing more kind of natural um feeling ways especially with the youth levels of getting more people involved in the game well think about like i got two points for you off of that the first one is think about the little league world series it's huge everyone loves it it's centered around 12 year olds so it's like you're telling me we can't continue to do stuff like that with social media and other things at different levels of little league baseball so that's like the that's the first thing right the second thing is the world baseball classic is what baseball is trying to make baseball's version of the FIFA World Cup. Yes. And I get it, right? You look at the World Cup, the engagement levels off the charts, but that's because in our country of America, not many people realize that soccer is religion in every country around the world minus ours. So right. when you talk about the World Cup, it's it's just a different level of um care or want or the it's just magnified whereas the world baseball classic baseball is not a 
truly international sport. It's international in subjective areas of different parts of our world, but it's not a 100% international sport. Whereas soccer, we are behind the eight ball in soccer and every other country literally that exists thinks about soccer. So I think that's the problem. You're not, it's not like you're taking a sport that is internationalized over every single country where every country has the access to be great at baseball, play baseball, love baseball. Everyone knows baseball. No, it's the exact opposite. So what's happening is you might be growing the game to a degree, like having team Israel's and Italy's and, and, and countries that aren't really known for baseball, getting some people on a grand stage. You're saying, Oh, that's a big leaguer. I had no idea represents that country. That's really cool. And I'm not discrediting those things, but you can't, try and create something that has had like a FIFA world cup that that's had roots for 60, 70, 80 years. And the ties are just so different to the countries comparative to the game of baseball. Now, if you wanted to tell me and call me, if I'm crazy, the Rome show podcast, if you want to at wide world of Rome, if you want to tweet at me, coach Romo 24, I don't care. Call me crazy. It'd probably be better if it was football that we're talking about, because that's actually our country's sport. So really, we'd be trying to grow our country. The, the, the national pastime is that's no a hot take baseball. right there, coach. Yeah, it's no it's no longer baseball. The national pastime is football in our country as of the last 30 years. That's just a fact. The, I think care level, the watching. Right. All of that's true. So if that's the case. In theory, you should be making the world football classic because then you'd be growing the game. So I don't know. I could be crazy for those takes, probably am for a little bit of them, but that's just how I feel, excuse me, about the world. So I find myself not caring that much mm-hmm. because I'm like, I don't really care. I'd rather, I want just major league baseball season. I don't need to see these guys playing for their country. I don't know. It doesn't necessarily um, hit home for me. Right. The The only thing that I actually, the only reason I really like the world baseball classic um I would just say because it kind of replaces it. It was supposed to be really the replacement for the fact that it got taken out of the Olympics. Olympics. Yes. So they kind of tried to model it after FIFA's World Cup, but I believe that the original kind of feelings behind it were the fact that we no longer have an Olympic sport. Yeah, which I I agree and I understand, but I also get. Like right. the Olympics were never built to be the traditional four sports world stage. Right. The Olympics were built to be a state competition. Yes, absolutely. So you yeah. add hockey in there and you add basketball in there. You add baseball and softball. It's like, all right, cool. But it's like, that's not really. To be fair, there is power walking in the Olympics. Now. Yeah, which I, I think, think we can I, fit baseball in. I, I And I don't disagree with you a hundred. I definitely <laughs> don't disagree with you at all. It's, but it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah. if you look at the root, root of the Olympics, you know, it was the opposite. But yeah, I feel you on that. Right. I think I'm in a minority on this conversation. I'm not going to lie. I do think a lot of people like the World Baseball Classic. Um, I guess for me, it's just more or less um, the timing of it's weird. It comes at the time of spring training when you're getting ready for the season anyway. So I feel like mm-hmm. that also, it's a weird like it's like I, I'm worried. I'm thinking about the Mets here, but then it's like oh, but now I'm worried about Team USA, and it's like, it's right, it's, right, it's right, very right. interesting. Whereas like hockey, they take a break for the Olympics. There is a three week shutdown, so the only hockey you're watching is Olympic hockey, 
And it's right, like no that makes it a little bit more meaningful when you're watching the World Cup. The only soccer you're watching at all ever in the world at that time, only league anything is the FIFA World Cup. Because whereas all the best baseball, players are playing for their country. Right. Whereas baseball, I, I have Pete. I can watch Pete Alonso and Francisco Lindor if they decide not to play for their country for the Mets. So it's not necessary. That's does that make sense? You know, so a lot of sense. That's a lot of my thought process on it. Process on it too is like looking at the way those sports handle it as well. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense too because the way that they handle it is they kind of try to do both. They try to not do it during the regular season, but do it during the spring training when the games technically don't count. Right, which is stupid because if we have the Mexican League and the Australian League right. go on in the winter time, or the Winter League, or the Dominican right. Winter League, where half of these minor leaguers and all these these playing anyways, you're telling me once every three years the best players in the world can't yeah, muster yeah, up yeah. three and a half more weeks of baseball? Like, right. come on now! Even basketball does it in the summertime, not during the NBA season. So it's like right. you give me that, I'll give you a little bit more engagement level, but you put it in the middle of college baseball season professional baseball season and now you want me to care about the world cup i i don't have time i don't have enough eyes i don't have enough care level and i don't think many people have enough time to be able to watch that much baseball it's it's an overload yep i mean it's tough i mean i even tried to watch the game last night the thing started at 11 o'clock i was asleep you know you add the fact that it's yeah the time zones and yes 100 so yeah i i just there, there, it could be awesome, but that's a lot of stuff with baseball, man. Like a lot of stuff with baseball could be awesome. Like could be awesome. Like there, there should be that camera that exists in football where I'm like behind the quarterback under center. Why does that not exist in baseball? I should be right behind right? the pitcher on like a drone. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. why is that not a thing? Like, I get it. Okay, the, the the wire could get hit with the ball. So could the cat walk in Tampa. So what do I care? If that could come into play, why can't a sick drone camera come into play? You know what I'm saying? Like, those are time with baseball. you. And if the ball does hit the wire, you got a story that's on national headlines. Now everyone's talking about Major League Baseball. So it's like, I think they're missing the boat on a lot of that stuff where it's like change the game a little bit like they have like the base cameras and that stuff. It is. It's really cool. But give me more of the player stuff. Give me more of the player interviews like that stuff was what kids like I'm watching a golf documentary right now called Full Swing. And I've never been so engaged in the PGA Tour now because it's like it's really cool to watch these guys be human. Like this is sick. Like this is such a hard sport. And to watch them be normal dudes be mad at themselves, go to the driving range and hate their shot. Mother after all these things. It's cool. And like, I think we need to see more of that in baseball. Like show me the analytics meeting before the game. So I understand the numbers. Show me those things. Show me the things that people care about. Like other sports are doing like a hard knocks where I'm inside a locker room for four weeks. And it's like, Oh, and I get it. It's dramatized. I'm not an idiot, but it's still a better inside than most things you would get. So now I understand what a professional football team operates like to a degree. So I I could go on because on my radio show, man, my brother and I have broken this down a bunch because I just, there's so many times you can go back over the last five years and say baseball missed an opportunity here or there. And I, and so this whole thing was started on the pitch clock, right? And the base of the pitch clock is to speed the game up to get a different generation of fan. Yeah. Okay. That's not getting a different generation of fan though. Other things are getting the different generation of fan fun and engagement are space will help 
but that won't help for another 20 freaking years. You got to get the kids that want to see and watch the game first. So that's my thoughts. You nailed it. Well, everybody, I think you just got a taste of Romo's rants. So I think (laughs) we're going to coin that term. Yeah. I like that. And for everybody else who might want to hear a little bit of this, just reach out to me. We are going to keep talking here, Coach. But for now, my ITZ family, peace out. Have a good one. And we'll see you maybe in two weeks. Maybe in two weeks. Maybe we'll see Coach Romo. Beautiful. We'll see what's going on. Thank you, Coach. Bye, ITZ family.